Spreading faster than a case of the clap in a trailer court. Able to shatter eardrums within a 666 mile radius. A podcast more brutal than all the rest. It's Murder Metal It's a pleasure to be speaking with the guy behind Fright Rags, Ben Scrivens. Thanks for taking the time out and making uh, the most fucking kick-ass horror merch I've ever <laughs> seen uh, to talk with us here at Murder Metal Mayhem, Ben. And uh, I've got our co-host, Chris Shaw, back here with us. How's it going? Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. No problem. Did I pronounce your name right, too? Yes, you did. Yep. Okay. Ben Scrivens, that's correct. All right. Awesome. Very good. Uh, well, hey, Ben, this is Chris. And first of all, like Pete was saying before we started the interview, the shirts that he got are fucking awesome as shit. And uh, I like the story on your website about how you got into horror on Halloween of uh, 1981. Uh, you mind sharing mm-hmm. that little story with our listeners? Yeah, not at all. Um, so, yeah, so it was it's funny. The way I remembered it was I, when I was four years old and I thought it was actually Halloween night and sort of sort of a funny side story i actually recently bought um a tv guide from that week um on ebay oh, and cool. it had yeah it had the listing so to set the stage kind of the, the idea was that i was at a friend's house my parents had kind of picked me and my brothers and my sister up and we were going to go to our friend's house they owned a deli around the corner from us but they lived in the building and uh in the back of the building they had like a living room area and so we just would go and hang out and my parents would just talk to them or play cards and they had kids too but they were all older than me i'm the youngest of four so you know their kids were about my brothers and my sister's age and i didn't really have anyone to hang out with so i was just bored and like i said i was four years old and i was just like mom i just want to go home and she's like just just go watch tv just go just go sit over there basically don't bother <laughs> right us. right we'll yeah, leave come, me alone we'll go home yeah and i thought it's weird because i thought it, it was halloween night but i think it was actually the I think Halloween was on a Saturday that year and this was a Friday night anyway. Um, but anyway, I went to watch TV like she told me to, and I turned on the TV and Halloween was on. Nice. And so, um, it was you know, unbeknownst to me because I was four. It was actually the network premiere of Halloween. Um, the first ever it was time it was on TV. Of course that was the same year Halloween two came out. And, you know, I just watched the entire thing. So apparently, according to the TV guide, that was Friday night. So maybe my memory was jumbled up. But I certainly remember sitting in front of the TV, glued to it for two hours, watching this movie. And I don't, it's weird. I don't know if that I was so much scared as I was just completely amazed at what I was watching. Because clearly I had never seen anything like that. I'm sure, I mean, I, I think it was affecting me on so many deeper levels. I don't think it was just like, oh, I have to cover my eyes. I was just like, what? is happening right now like this mask coming through the closet i was just like right i can't even understand my mind is just blown maybe that's why i thought you were older because you're saying you're like four years old that's like bordering on like child abuse huh ben yeah no totally like and i have kids now and i could you know my son's gonna be 10 soon my daughter's gonna be 13 and like i I mean i was starting to show my son stuff because he's really into it but like there's certain things where i'm like 
I can't show him this. And I thought back to when I saw it, you know, whatever it was, say like Hellraiser at 10. And I'm like, I can't show my son Hellraiser. <laughs> but um, yeah, so, it, you know, my parents didn't even know. And I don't even think they knew that night, maybe even years later that I was watching that movie. I don't think they had any clue. That's funny. So they were just doing their own thing. I was off watching Halloween. And after that, I mean, it sounds funny to say because I was four, but I really think that like, changed the course of my existence because I'm i was sure like i want to see more i want to see more like this i want to see a guy in a mask killing people that would be cool like is there more <laughs> you know? that's awesome so that definitely started me on a path yeah at least to where i uh, yeah that's really cool now i told you the quality of the shirts that i've bought from your website uh the amityville horror and the omen um are the best i've seen in a long time not just at a horror just even the heavy metal shirts i buy all the time they're just exceptional quality now what's involved with getting the licensing to do those designs because i know that's not free and i'm sure some people don't right. get that you actually have to pay to be able to legitimately sell stuff like that that's right so you know when i first started in 2003 you know i didn't license anything i didn't know I knew that there was licensing involved. I just didn't know how to go about it. And I certainly didn't have the money. And so, you know, I did a lot of things in license for many years. And then as time went by, I always tried to get the licenses. I mean, my first license was back in, actually right after I first started, I got Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3. And those were some of my favorites. Um, but it was because the guy who owned the movie, he was like, yeah, just do it and give me some money. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, <laughs> but, you know, with something like The Omen or, you know, the Amityville Horror and all these movies, classics, even Halloween, you know, you have to go to the studios that own them. You have to, in a lot of times, it, you know, they need to know who you are, what kind of business you're doing. Um, they need money up front. So it's an advance that you have to pay. And that can range widely to, you know, to hundreds to thousands and thousands of dollars up front. And then, you know, it's the other thing. So the other thing people don't realize is as soon as you get the license for something, doesn't mean you can do whatever you want you know right. for something like or even Amityville Horror is a really good example in this case and, and if you've seen the shirts that we have you can if you you can point out the fact that you don't see anybody's face in those shirts true you don't see uh James Brolin's face you don't see Margot Kidder uh, you don't see all these wait a minute Margot Kidder would I just blank on that she was in Amityville wasn't she I think Maybe. Uh, I think you're right. You're all right. It's Margo. Yeah, Kidder. right. Oh my yeah. god, it was so weird. Like I had a brain fart for a second. <laughs> my anyway, wow. Uh, too much sun today. Uh, but anyway, you know we can't because in many cases, again, it all depends on the studio and the film. You know, you'll get a. If, this is actually a really good example. I'll give you one: is Die Hard. We got Die Hard from Fox, and it's like awesome. And we always ask what we can use what we can't use ahead of time especially now after so many years of doing this you kind of you kind of know there's going to be some limitations we knew we couldn't use bruce willis unfortunately that just sucks of course right. but we didn't know we couldn't use the building that the nakatomi plaza really oh shit really so it's like what do you do you can't use bruce willis with the building what the hell do you do? <laughs> right oh, put up some christmas trees <laughs> yeah, exactly so it it's these limitations you know that you have to to work under and sometimes that's good you know and it definitely was an eye-opener when i first started getting licenses realizing like oh we just can't do what we want you have to work within strict guidelines in many cases sometimes they don't care sometimes like oh no you can use whatever you want or sometimes we can 
use likenesses if we like Kurt Russell for Big Trouble in Little China, we got his approval on those. Or Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween 2018, we got her approval. So that that can be a situation. But even then, sometimes it's hard to do. So there's definitely a lot of not only financial you know stuff that happens, but also just creative limitations that happen. Um, so you know we do our best. We try to we try to come up with some cool stuff even within those those guidelines. That's yeah, cool. That's awesome. Now I was checking out your website and I like how you show your staff and everybody in the staff and put a short bio on each one. And it looks like a pretty awesome small family style business and everything. And you've been doing this since 2013 you said. How did it evolve for you? 2003 you actually. Oh yeah, 2003. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah, 2003. No, no. How did I, yeah. how did that evolve for you from when you began to where you are now? So when I started, it was totally on a whim. It was just something that I thought, I, I was a graphic designer sort of by trade. I got my degree in it. I was working in that field at a company that was making laptop bags. So I was just a designer on staff that did like the ads and the website and stuff like that. It was a very small company. I was the third person. I was actually the second person they hired. Um, it was the owner, the office manager and myself. And then we, we it ended up hiring maybe two or three more people during my time there. It was a great job. It was fun. But at the same time, I was like creatively sort of stifled because I was focused on one thing. And I love horror movies. And I just wanted to do something. I was just so creatively like I just wanted to do something. And at the time, I was on these websites that with my like friends that I would meet, like because this is before like MySpace and Facebook and all that. We were on message boards and they would be making masks or Freddy gloves or you know, Jason masks or Michael Myers masks, all fan made stuff. And I'm like, I need to do something like that. So when I came up with these ideas for shirts and presented it to one of my buddies, he was like, yeah, you should put it on my forum. He was a really big mask maker at the time. He actually went on to co-found Trick or Treat Studios. Oh, nice. um, they, they're, they're, and he's been a good friend of mine since then. Nice. And all these people loved it. So I just sort of literally over the weekend just came up with a name and i coded a website by myself and i hooked it up to paypal i mean this is before you could just plug and play i had to hand code everything and i just tossed it up there so for many years it was literally just farting around i mean i i was married at the time uh, my wife and i had just moved into a house uh, we hadn't had kids yet so it was sort of like i was just poking around you know and it just kind of kept going a little bit here and there and then i was kind of getting unhappy at my job and i kind of wanted to quit and get something else that fed more my creativity for graphic design and my passion but i loved fright rags and doing what i was doing but i wasn't paying myself none of the money that i made went back to me it was all going into the company right and i thought if i could wake up tomorrow making the same amount of money being a graphic designer or running my own company fright rags what would i choose like if money was no if money wasn't the, the barrier there, if I could just wake up and magically do one or the other, what would I want to do? And I made that decision that I would love to do my own business. Of course. And from from that moment on, it just sort of narrowed a focus for me. And it wasn't like the next day I quit my job. You know, I quit my job in 2008. So it took me five years to really figure out if I could do this on my own. Um, and that was scary because I just, you know, my wife and I just had our daughter and it was like, what are we doing here? You know, I've never run a business and done this like this on my own and then it just slowly evolved i hired one of my best friends to help ship and i was still working out of my house at the time and then a year later my son was going to be born so we decided to get an office somewhere and then i needed to hire someone to help with customer service and then oh i need somebody else in the warehouse and oh i need this and like it just sort of 
it's happened in such a organic way and i like that it's been growing but steadily not this like hockey stick where one year we're one you know we're two people and the next year we're 30 people and i never wanted that i never cared for that i just want to keep doing what we're doing and uh we have an amazing team of you know it's myself and six other people right now and it's just uh it's great i love it that's awesome. Now, you guys do more than just shirts. I know I've mentioned the shirts, and I was looking at your website, and you guys do offer quite a few other things. Mm-hmm. Can you share some of those with our listeners? Yeah, for sure. So, obviously, we start out as shirts. Fright Rags is built around T-shirts. But as we you know, got bigger and as we just sort of explored more ideas, and with these licenses, you know, it's all like, what else can we do? And you just start thinking and we would literally just sit there and go, Oh man, wouldn't it be cool if we had this? And we're like, Oh, can we make that? So things like, you know, we, we did start with the enamel pins. A lot of people were doing them. In fact, I admit I didn't want to get into enamel pins because I thought, what the hell? I didn't really care about it. But then I saw people really getting into it and other companies doing, and I said, well, we'll try it. And it actually has been pretty good for us. And we've been trying to even do different things with those. Um, we do socks. I thought, you know, several years ago, I thought it'd be fun to do some custom socks. So we've been doing that a lot. That's fucking um, cool. <laughs> we do lounge pants, which I had this pair of lounge pants that I absolutely loved. And, you know, a lot of people just want to get home after work and just throw on their pajama pants and, you know, chill out and watch Netflix or movies, whatever. Of course. So I said, you know, if I could make these lounge pants, but with horror stuff on uh, them, let's do yeah. it. And we found that could do it. And then we got into... Um, a couple other things trading cards was one of them i found a company that makes vintage style trading cards with the actual wax wrapper and there's only one company in the country that can do that all because you know trading cards aren't done that way anymore it's a vintage process and this one guy like re-engineered it and he can do it so and he's worked for tops doing their retro cards and things like that so oh, cool we decided to start making trading cards based on movies that we love um which has been a whole other mess not mess. i mean it is a mess because it's crazy because you, you talk about limitations with t-shirts trading cards it gets insane oh, but yeah. we've been really happy and, and lucky to be able to do things with reanimator house of thousand corpses dawn of the dead evil dead we've got a couple other ones coming out finally that are going to be like we're doing halloween this year which is again my favorite movie of all time we've been working on this project for three and a half years and uh, it's finally coming to fruition and it's going to be amazing and they're all vintage style it looks like they came out in you know 1978 and it's just i love it because it's the kid in me that collector in me that would i was never into baseball cards i didn't really like baseball but i loved the idea and when i used to collect like marvel cards or you know even like jaws like three ad cards and batman and stuff i love that idea it was just so cool but there was never any cards for people like us i mean maybe with jaws and et and stuff that's cool but i wanted halloween cards i wanted dawn of the dead cards so we we made them um and then we also brought back sort of this ben cooper collegeville style mask the uh the plastic vacuform mask that come in boxes and we did a bunch of those full size in the boxes we did all the general mills characters we did terminator with a light-up mask we did uh sam from trick-or-treat and those are great but we decided because they're kind of big and people want to display them on their shelves we decided to shrink them down to a mini style mask it was almost the size of like a blu-ray cover um, okay. but a mask would fit in this box and we've been doing more of those and in fact uh, we did a captain spalling one and alien one um and we did um a fluffy one from creep show but we've got 
probably 15 to 20 of them in the works for next year. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, kick ass. Very dude. cool. I love how you send the card with the sticker and the yeah. uh, little piece of candy with everyone. I'm like, that is just really cool. And we've already well, been putting yeah. the stickers on our table, so they're getting oh, some awesome. mileage. Yeah, hell yeah. Good. Yeah, I, it's funny with the trading cards. I used to put Fright Flicks cards into um, into orders. You know, and those were the coolest horror cards back when we were kids because those were actually right. horror cards. And um, even though you know, it's funny, I, I ended up buying an entire collection of them, and I started reading the backs of them. I was like, these are horribly lame like they were i mean i love the images and everything but like wow the backs really suck but um <laughs> i would put triplex cards in every order but the problem was is that because they're on the secondary market the prices fluctuated and every time i'd have to buy more they'd go up in price so i said you know what i need a, some way to control cost but how, how can we make it more fun i'm like screw it i'm just gonna make my own trading cards to look like the old style and and those are just a little bit different from the actual package trading cards that we do. These are just fun ones we do for the orders, the free orders, they're free in or every order. And I think they're more fun because we can kind of do what we want with them. Right. And um, people ask if they can buy those, and we don't sell those ones on their own. We we use it. I, I want it to be something where people don't know which one they're going to get. Right. It's something. It's a nice little surprise. If you can just buy a whole set, it takes the fun out of it. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's cool. I like that. And then that. the warhead is just fun because I liked that like crap when I was a kid. I loved, you know, <laughs> you know, testing my friends. How many can you eat at one oh, time? I burned, all the, I burned all the taste buds off my tongue one time because I put ten of them in my mouth. And oh, I couldn't my. taste anything for like a week. Holy shit, yeah, dude! I, I actually put it in my mouth twice and spit both of them out. <laughs> but but I had to at least try. But I was like, God yeah, damn. Cool. What the hell? Yeah, my ten-year-old yeah. daughter fucking loves them, man. Fucking. Oh yeah, I kid love them too. Yeah. So I think it's freaking awesome that you do the graphic design work alongside with your staff. Like, do you guys do the actual printing of the shirts and the merchandise, or you just do the actual design? No. So we, and in fact, even the designs, we don't. We actually use a number of different artists um, outside of, of our, our, you know, our business. So a lot of the art, like. Um, we have an, a, several exclusive artists that work only for us, um, not on staff, but like as our contract employees. Right. Um, and, and so we work with a lot of different people, all freelance artists. I used to do it all by myself, but A, I got too busy on my own to do it, uh, just running the business. But B, honestly, I wasn't as good as half these people. So it's like, I'd rather just give it to the professionals to do the art. Um, we don't print the shirts ourselves. That was a, a decision I made early on. I had some experience in screen printing, but I said, do I want to print shirts or do I want to sell shirts? And I always wanted to sell shirts. Um, but I know enough of the screen printing uh, process, and we use a company that's two miles down from our, our warehouse. So that's we, you know, we work very closely with them. You know, I can go do press checks. We can talk. We, we, have, we meet every week and talk about what's coming up. And, you know, so we're 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 very much like a partnership with them um so we're we're hands-on in the whole process so that does help but i yeah, don't think i would want to take that on ourselves that's just a whole level of overhead that i don't think i would necessarily want because we already have a lot of sort of control over the process 
That's cool. Now, um, you had mentioned Halloween was what did it to you or for you into the horror realm. Uh, for me, it was The Exorcist. Uh, it scared oh, yeah. me shitless. I was in eighth grade and watched it with my mom. And I, as soon as she started talking in the devil voice, I was like, I'm out of here. I can't do this. Um, <laughs> but now I, I love uh, love the, the original, the book as well. Um, what was it, though, about the halloween brand that's just got got its claws in you i think you know again being four i remember i was four when i saw it and then a couple years later when we started getting the video i remember i we rented halloween one and two i think it was this idea it was such a simple thing obviously the mask i mean the mask really just did it for me it was scary it was just emotionless you know the whole thing and it, just the fact that he had the singular purpose like i'm going after this person um you know or these kids or whatever and of course you know that kind of led me into things like friday the 13th and even nightmare on elm street and anything slasher you know slumber party massacre slaughter university slaughter high like i just really took to wanting to see someone running around in the woods or in a neighborhood and just getting killed like that was my jam. Like, just show me anything with that, anything like that, and I'm in, like, whatever. Like, that's what I wanted to see. And it wasn't really until many years later that I got more into, like, other parts of horror, like, whether it was, like, the type of exorcist or, you know, like, kind of religious or ghost story horror or, like, um, you know, zombies and things like that, even giallo films, stuff like that. And, I, you know, I love all types of horror. It's just when I was a kid, and even now, like, I'm just a sucker for slashers. It's just one of those things. I think you and my buddy Joey Cashman would get along great because he's got a massive yeah. fucking horror collection, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what, what were your thoughts on the Halloween that came out last year, the new one? I, I dug it. It's funny. We So we had gotten the license pretty early on, and uh, I was friends with the producer, and you know, we worked with Miramax on it. So I kind of had some... Well, it's, it's kind of sort of a funny story on this one. We had gotten the license, and this was like last February or March. And, um, you know, usually when you get a license, especially for a new movie, they give you assets, which means they give you photos and things to work with. Um, but we hadn't gotten anything yet, and it was a couple weeks later, and I had seen an email chain, and there was an email that was unread, and I didn't see it. It was like in the middle of this chain, and when I saw it, I went back to it, and it had an email that came in like a week prior, and it, it was from Miramax saying, oh, by the way, we can send you images of the mask and the script. And I was like, <laughs> score. Shit. That's awesome. That's cool. Like, yeah. And I got to see all the images, and then I read the script. Oh, I read wow. it a couple times, which was pretty awesome. And again, I didn't, part of me didn't want to know, but part of me really wanted to know, so I was yeah. like, oh, no, I'm reading. You got and it. most of the people course. in our office didn't. It was just me and, and my production manager. We read the script and uh, talked about it so i went into the movie well let me back step so i read the script and there was a couple things i just i didn't care about i didn't like the ending and i i didn't really care about the dr sartain character um so then i talked to my buddy ryan who's one of the producers on the film and they had just done some test screenings and i told him what i thought and he's like yeah well, i don't know we're changing all this we're changing this we're changing this i'm like "Ooh, okay like now my interest is peak oh cool and i went into the film knowing okay, they were changing things, but I didn't know exactly what was being changed towards the end. A lot of it was third act stuff. But um, I here's the thing. I liked it. I had my issues with it. I thought they did try to cram a lot into it. Um, I did like the nods to part three and part two and everything that was in there. 
Um, I still don't like that Dr. Sartain character. There's a little bit of lack of believability. But I will say this. I think it's very watchable. I've seen it probably three or four times now. Saw it twice in the theater, and then I got the digital down. I had bought the 4K, but I got the digital download with the 4K. It came out like a week before. So I watched it then, and then I watched the 4K when I got it. So like I've watched it quite a few times, and I'm like, that's that says something, because I've only seen Halloween Resurrection maybe twice, once in the theater, and then once where I watched the first five minutes and the last five minutes, and fast forward through everything else, because I don't like that movie. Right. So for this movie, right. for me to kind of want to sit and watch it more, I think they did a lot of great things with it. So I'm excited for what they're going to do with it. You know, it doesn't ruin the originals. It doesn't ruin the a whole franchise. It's like, it, what else are you going to do with it? <laughs> you right, know what I mean? Right. No, I like, thought it was good. Be back in John Carpenter, it's like, hey, man, this is awesome, you know? Right. It's awesome. Now, I know you said, uh, I read somewhere, and you mentioned it as well, that you started back in the early days of the Internet, long before Facebook. And I was doing the same thing, but in the world of heavy metal. What sort of music is jamming at the Fright Rags warehouse on a typical day? I mean, are we talking about, like, top 40 music, boy band, <laughs> disco, well, okay. punk? What What so, is it? It depends. So, like, in the actual warehouse, uh, Heather and Jess and Liz, they're down there, and they play whatever. They'll play Halloween soundtracks, 80s music, whatever. Um, so they're all over the board. But <laughs> up in the offices where where my production manager, Tansky, and our office manager, Kimmy, and I are, um, in my office, I'm, I usually just listen to my own thing. So what I'm jamming to, it depends, man. Like, I'll have Iron Maiden on one day, then I'll switch over to Wilson Phillips. Then oh, I'll switch wow. over. Like, uh, it'll so what I do though, I, what I do though, I have on my iTunes, I have these playlists and they're labeled by season. So I have, you know, summer, early spring, late spring, fall. And what okay. I've done over the years is I've sort of, when I listen to a song, I remember the time, right? I remember when I was listening to it. So, for example, Wilson Phillips is a good example because Kimmy at my office always makes fun of me because of Wilson Phillips because I love them. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. it's hey, Listen, it's cheesy-ass music. I get it. But I was in like eighth grade in my room drawing comic books, reading Fangoria, and listening to Wilson Phillips. So when I listen to Hold On, for example, right. I'm back in my room. If I listen to Iron Maiden, which I love Iron Maiden. It's one of my favorite bands. If I listen to them, I'm a freshman in, in high school uh, mowing lawns all summer going to see them at, at fear of the dark tour you know like right. i'm and so i put i get into a, a, a my it's frame of mind that helps me be creative because that's when i was my most creative when i didn't have a care in the world when summers were really summers and i could just literally just do my own thing so you know running a business, having a family and doing all these things is stressful. And there's a lot more fear and anxiety now that you're responsible for people and, and the family and all of these things. Right. And if I can kind of trigger myself and just sort of not like, not like, um, what am I trying to say? Fooling myself, but like get back into a, a it's just, it's a soothing thing. So I can just kind of focus on stuff. Um, but other than that, I mean like horror soundtracks and just, it pretty much runs the gamut. Like I'll listen to almost anything. If I can find a groove and I'm just 
bopping along. There'll be times where I'll listen to the same song for probably three hours straight because for whatever reason, it just it's stuck there. It's just, just going. Yeah, it's just yeah. stuck, and I just it helps me focus. So yeah, it's nice. a long-winded answer. No, that's that's, no, that's, that's cool though. I like that. Like, yeah, that's awesome. Now, do you uh, listen to many podcasts at all? And if you do, which ones are your favorites? So yeah, I love podcasts. There's um, there's an e-commerce influence one that I listen to that's business related. There's Business Wars, which I like. Um, I do like listening to business podcasts, but then I'll switch over to like Shockwaves is probably my mainstay because um, my buddies are on that. Ryan from uh, Blumhouse, but Rob G, who's now at Fangoria and Becca McKendry and Elric, like I love listening to them and they're friends. So it's just like it's like listening to my buddies talk. Um, and then I'll pop around, like I'll listen to uh, like. Um, purple stuff horror podcast and I'll jump over to like witch finger and like just interesting podcasts of the people that I kind of know online on Instagram and things like that and they're just doing their own thing um, it's just I don't know it's fun to listen to different people just rip off stuff and you feel like you're in the room with them oh definitely that's cool that's cool now I saw that you guys had some killer new Blair Witch shirts on the site and so what other yeah. things do you have coming up on Fright Rags that uh, you can tell us about so this month we've got two other, well actually three more collections coming out. We've got um, we've got Devil's Rejects next week, which is great. Awesome. Finally able nice. to put that one. Yeah, we've been that's been one in like quite a while in the making, and we had some. Uh, it just kept get, getting pushed back, but we're finally able to release it this year, so that's awesome. Um, we've got Ghostbusters coming up this year to sell or this month to celebrate yeah, the 35th dude. anniversary. Um, yeah. That'll be the awesome. first of a few collections. We've got some shirts for this one. I think we're doing the pins this time. And then we've got plenty more down the road. And then we've got uh, UHF because it's the 30th anniversary. And I love Weird Al. And I love, Weird Al's a shit. I love that movie. <laughs> so we're like, we had an option to get that license. I was like, shit, let's do it. I love that movie. And I don't know how well it's going to sell. But hey, I love it. I want to do stuff for right, it. Right. That's all that matters. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and then we've got other stuff coming up. I mean, I'm trying to think of the next several months, and we've got Saw because it's the anniversary of that. Um, we're Ooh. doing more Halloween stuff. We're doing trick or treat, uh, the trick or treat, not trick or treat. Right. And right. then um, uh, we're doing Universal Monsters in October. That's going to be pretty awesome. Yeah, that'll be great. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, so we've got a bunch of stuff coming up the rest of the year. That's really cool, Fuck man. Yeah, dude. And. and- uh, these stickers that you sent us that we're giving away to some of our listeners and whatnot these stickers are awesome amazing quality and shit and i'm oh cool thanks ca- man kind of curious do you guys do merch for other people like bands or other podcasters or anything or you just keep solely to your business uh it's just us doing stuff for ourselves now we used to like back in the day i would do things like that people would reach out and like oh can you design this or print this and i would take it on but in recent years, it's just been too hard to do anything custom. Um, it just takes a lot of time, and we're we've got a lot on our plate, and that's a it's a blessing and a curse. I mean, right. there's a lot, especially given with licensing and approvals and stuff, because that's the other thing about licensing. Everything has to be approved, and sometimes there's revisions, and sometimes approvals take a lot longer than expected. So we're constantly changing the schedule to accommodate that even though we've already planned the schedule out around it sometimes things have changed so it's always in motion and even though we've got the rest of the year planned out every pretty much every week for the rest of the year is planned out things i know are going to change so adding in other projects and stuff we just don't have the time for it so 
generally I'll say, well, if you like this designer, you know, go to him. Or if you like the printing, I can put you in touch with our printer. You can just cut out the middleman because there's just no time for it. Cool. Right. I see that. Now, thanks a lot for doing this, Ben. How can our listeners get in touch with you guys? I know you're pretty much everywhere, but just yep. so people know how to get a hold of this great stuff. Thanks. Well, on Facebook, it's, uh, you know, facebook.com slash Fright Rags, all one word. On Instagram and Twitter, it's all just Fright Rags, one word. Um, our website is fright-rags.com. So you got to put that little hyphen in there. And, uh, yeah, you can find us there. You can shoot an email to service at fright rags or ben at fright rags.com and and yeah we're pretty we're pretty accessible that's awesome we'll definitely link to this in the episode description and mention it on the show as well and uh, hell yeah dude and thanks again ben for talking with us at murder metal mayhem and keep kicking ass over that fright rags and doing what you're doing man thanks thanks guys i appreciate it yeah thanks for having me you bet ben well we'll keep in touch we'll have to have you on again when you got some stuff going on or we got a special consulting we need on some horror we could talk to you that sounds good always always down for that awesome Awesome. all right thanks again Ben. thanks guys take care mother mother man